Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, back with my girl, Nikki, who is shoving melon in her mouth hole. What's going on? I very politely, for the sake of all of our listeners, stopped shoveling melon into my mouth hole right before we started recording. The chewing, the chewing sound in one of these like nice blue Yeti microphones is just, it's not what you want on the podcast, believe me. Yes, it was... uh... I know. We we could we could probably record it and sell it on OnlyFans though. It was do you it was think, lovely. Do you think I could make money because I 10, 10 out of ten would hundred <laughs> percent. You absolutely should. Have, that wait, have we talked on this show about the sex entrepreneur podcast? No, but we probably should. But before we do that, let's introduce our our guest, Armin Hammers, with us. Armin, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? John, are you recovered or what? Yeah. All right. First of all, we go, we go off the rails really fast on this show. I know. I'm sure you figured Sorry, that I out. I already but started. Yeah, I'm mostly recovered. I did this true story. I did a wide yesterday. It wasn't that bad a workout. I'm going to give it to you, though. It sounds worse than it was. So it was a uh, 24-minute AMRAP. Starts with 1,000 meters on the assault bike. All yeah. right. I'm and, already out. I just want yeah, to. I've you. I've then turned around and gone. Lost me at 24 minutes. No, no, well, it's not oh. as bad as it sounds. It's kind of like a three rounder. So then, in that first eight minutes, once you complete the bike, you do as many rounds as you can. Uh, five chest to bar pull ups, six uh, hand release push ups, and seven deadlifts at 115 pounds. When you get to the eight minute mark, you start over. You do it all again, same order. When you get to the uh, 18 minute mark, so it's basically three six minute AMRAPs, yeah. right? And that's a pretty good workout for me. It's basically body weights, light deadlifts. Like I can handle all of that. Like I typically have pretty good cardio. Yeah. So I, I'm not kidding you. I get I finished the first six minutes, and I'm at or eight minutes, and I'm six rounds in, and I've got look at my little scoreboard in front of me, and I'm like, all right, I can do 18 rounds, or I can do 15 rounds. I chose option B. Because I was straight up dizzy and like just oh. dying. It was like my fifth wide back and my first one in an actual class. And it was not fun. So oh. am I recovered? Yes. Am I paying for it? Absolutely. It's, oh. it's not fun. Not fun at all. But Yikes. what up? Yeah, I'll be You'll back. Get I'll yeah. get there. I'll be back. 54 days. I got over 53 days at this point, right? Is that how long yeah. it is to the open? Something like that. Oh, my God. That's right. Yeah, shoot. I know. And Nikki, I love your background. I, Thank I've been, you. I've, I've been I for for you know when you guys messaged me, you're like, hey, you know what? We did talk to Rosa and we did talk to O'Keefe, but we want to talk to you. And I was like, <laughs> see what those guys had to say and see whether you know I'm really the winner here coming in following up those guys. And uh, I, I've got to say, the backgrounds you're picking are really classing up the joint. I mean, it's, it's, it's really, it's got a, it's got a great vibe. I don't know how. Thank you. This is my backgrounds. If anybody ever watches this show, if you listen to it on on the podcast, probably have no idea, but if you watch it on YouTube, you'll notice that I very strategically blocking the mass of uh, unfolded clean laundry on the bed behind me. And have been ever since I started working from home at the beginning of COVID. So um, they change uh, depending on what I feel like my dream house should look like in the moment. Currently, my background is um, Joanna Gaines's kitchen from her new cooking show on the Discovery Network, which I paid for. Her kitchen? 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Fuck off, right? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm so serious and I want oh it, but I'll never God. have it. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, I am uh I listen, I'm not gonna lie, that that kitchen is doing things for me right now. I know Holy. it's legit. It's legit. I highly recommend the cooking show. If you're a basic bitch like me, you will love it. And I do have to say, I know I'm, 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 I'm just like taking this thing into weird places right now, but Please. I have to say, uh, I did, I watched that Rosa article, the, the interview you guys did. Um, and the very first thing out of my mouth, the instant the video started was holy shit. John and Eric look exactly alike. I know they, they are fucking twins. That what? bitch stole what? my look. What is that? Are you guys cosplaying as one another? I just, I was so confused. And then you guys, you, you talked about it briefly, but you brushed over it. Like I would have spent half the fucking interview talking to him about how we ended up looking exactly the same. Look, all right, here's my thought. Like, I don't know the guy that well or at all. Right. And you know me, like I say a lot of bad shit. So there's like a fine line from my mind works really fast. And so like, I had a lot of jokes. I just wasn't sure how long the interview was going to last if I ran with it. So, right. you know, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let Nikki do her thing. We're going to keep this professional for once. And we were good. But didn't yeah. I miss out though on the biggest opportunity to just sign in wearing a bald cap? Like I really fucked that up. You're, yeah. You really, I've did. been looking, I look, I spent all of today looking for one. I was like, <gasps> I, I've got to do this. I need the glasses. I need a bald cap. I need to come on and be like, what the fuck, John? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could have been dead. You could have just shaved your head, gone all you in. Real I quick. Mean, I guess commit. I don't have commitment. I'm not committed enough. Mm-mm. I know. Well, Well, while we're going off the rails, can I backtrack like seven conversations already? Because anyone who's (laughs) listening from the beginning was probably like, what the fuck was Nikki talking about when she said the Sextrepreneur podcast? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, let's go. Okay, so Joe, who's the managing editor of the Morning Chalk Up, told me about this. And I haven't actually listened to it, but I'm, I'm dying to. He said that, so I guess there's this woman who has this podcast about how she like, like, it basically makes money off of like the sketchy weird people on the dark web who will like pay for whatever, like, like audio of me chewing on melon. <laughs> and, um, he was telling me, I have got to listen to it, but he was telling me that she like sells and makes money off of like her old flip flops that have like the foot indentations like in them and like her leg hair that she has shaved off of her legs. Oh and God. I'm just sitting here thinking I'm sitting on a fucking gold mine. You are. I am. And I, Ted, I was telling Matt about this and I was like, how is that a thing? Like, how is that a thing that people will pay money for it? And he was like, why are you not out there making it rain? What the hell? I have a strange story about this oh God. world. Oh, it doesn't sorry. have anything to do with me. It's not me, but a particular, uh, you guys probably don't know her. She's in Strongman. So she's a competitor in Strongman. And uh, she's like, uh, you know, she's attractive. She's like our age, uh, yours and mine, Nikki. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank <laughs> you for that. Great, great. Yep. <laughs> and she, you know, she has a bit of a following and she would get people offering her thousands of dollars just to cradle them like a baby, mm-hmm. just to hold them and cradle them like a baby. And I was <laughs> like, you have to take that. There, I understand. Like, I understand that you don't want to meet strangers on the internet, but that is a one hundred percent 
you must accept that proposition. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. I'll hire security guards for a couple hundred bucks, like make sure no one stabs you, sure. But mm-hmm. like thousands of dollars to cradle a grown man, like a grown man who might be married. You know what I mean? Like, like, like really just not the right type of grown man that you're interested in, but right. wants right. to get cradled like a baby. Is there a Am right type of man that wants to get cradled? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, the, the physical interactions like skew me out, but, but the like, I, I, if, even if I got 25 cents for my shaved off leg hair, like it is just way, I am, literally sending money down the drain. Oh, I'll literally. Give you, I'll give you I'm 50 cents. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, top if, that offer. Yeah. No, no doubt. If anybody wants to offer me thousands of dollars to cradle them like a baby, you know where to find me. I am, <laughs> I am in. Oh well, God. I think what I told Matt was like, rather than shave my leg hair and, and sell it, what we should do is make him an OnlyFans because there have got to be people out there with like a ginger fetish. Yeah, right? you're one. You're one of them. I am one of them. Yes, <laughs> I would pay for my husband's OnlyFans. Oh my god! <laughs> I have a friend, uh, an Instagram friend who works for uh, with Ramwad, and her name's Emma. And I'm like going through her story today, and and she, I guess she had done some workout, and her legs were all beat up from the workout, and so she had, you know, like a boomerang of her legs, but she <laughs> she had the feet like uh blocked off so you couldn't see her feet and i messaged Smart. her like, yeah so i messaged her i'm like you know it's sad and hysterical that you had to block off the feet knowing that every perv on instagram is going to be in there looking at your feet photos you know? Yep. it's like oh what? that's yeah. a thing oh yeah that's a fucking thing are you kidding me where have but you did been you not- you got to go back and listen to the Danny spiegel episode we recorded where she like you know had her feet or her shoes or something in a totally innocuous post and someone was like oh i'll give you 500 bucks to like take another photo of your feet from me or whatever and she was just so sick of the bullshit that she was like yeah my venmo is like at danny spiegel or whatever it was and it fucking showed up in her account like yeah not fucking around people who are into it are like so into it yes (laughs) once danny opened my eyes to this foot fetish thing being a thing now, if you, anytime you see an athlete that posts a photo where their feet are visible, just go look at the comments. Uh-huh. Trust uh-huh. me, you'll, you'll see it all yeah. over the place. It's like, Gnarly. it's so creepy and weird and yeah. amazingly funny all at once. Wait, best. can I just tell you, can I just tell you the one, the one thing that like knocked me on my ass when Joe was telling me about this podcast? Yeah. This shit got money, sold her, and I'm not, I'm not making this up, sold her used iud oh there's a market armin's face right now I can't. <laughs> no <laughs> like there's no. a market someone will buy it what the oh. hell what what's the what's the markup for that what do you get for those these guys i am not okay that is I not know. okay i know oh. what do you do with it I was kind of braced for it to be something disgusting but that actually caught me off guard a little bit I i'm know. not gonna lie i was I wasn't sure what to expect, but it was not that. So thank you for that, for that horrifying image that I'm going to have to go to sleep to. I know. I can't process it. Anyway, um, how's that segue into welcome to the show, Armin? I have so many questions about what's happening in your life. 
I feel so slightly good adjacent to a removal of an IUD story. It's <laughs> almost exactly how we started the episode with Eric Rosa. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's exactly the same. Exactly yeah. the same. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, friggin' congrats, my friend, on expecting your first baby. Thank you. Thank you. I'm I am super excited. My wife is super excited. Katie and I have uh we've been trying to have a kid for uh, a little while now. And there have been yeah. some ups and downs, but uh this has been um really really good so far we're in week 15 so we're cool. we're right in the second trimester here and uh yeah it's been it's been really cool so how like how did she tell you was it just like oh my god it's happening i'm telling you right now or was there like some fanfare what how did it all go down um so she so she uh so she and i like i said we've been trying for a couple of years and we've had you know our little experiences here and there trying to navigate that whole process, but we were on the verge of sort of going the uh, IVF route. So we were, Mm -hmm. we had been meeting with a bunch of different doctors and and sort of taking a look at what our options were and what that process was going to look like, which by the way, is not stressful at all. I mean, oh, there's, of course there's, not. No, yeah, there's, there's nothing stressful about that uh, and not even a little bit, but the, uh, she had like an appointment with uh, the, a doctor um, and we were a day, maybe two days away from like starting the process of, you know, yep. the, the drugs necessary for harvesting or whatever. Um, and she, and we'd been trying and she was like, you know what, let's take one more test. We'll see how it goes. And uh, she like ran out of our bedroom. I'm like sitting on the couch where she ran. She's like, does this say what I think it says? <laughs> It was it was really cute. It was really cute, um, and yeah, and it's it's stuck, which is great. So very very cool. How has she been feeling? Actually, like we had no issues. Like she cool. had no morning sickness, no nausea. Um, you know, I I eat a lot of ground beef, and she's a vegetarian. So like the closest we've come to uh, her having any sort of like food aversion is like prepare your ground beef when I'm not in the house. She's like, make yeah. it well. I was like, okay, yeah. I could do that. I can, I can, I can make that happen for you. You know, <laughs> you're growing our human. So yeah. like, okay, I guess human inside of you. That's half me, half you. I'll do that for you. I'll, I'll okay. prepare my dinner when you're at work. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's been the only, that's been the only thing. Like she's had uh, a couple like weeks here and there that have been, like relatively low energy, just like kind of tired. But I think that's also to be expected. Mm-hmm. But we have been pretty lucky in terms of of what the pregnancy has gone. It's been pretty smooth sailing. So like knock on wood, but that's mm-hmm. that's the case. How cool. Are yeah. you ready to be a friggin' dad, dude? Like it's uh, a big no. fucking deal. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I and I, I think I think I don't know at I don't know anything about what to expect other than what people have told me. And like, I have nieces and nephews and stuff, but I haven't had to raise them right. um, from like zero to like three months or whatever. I just interact with them and get them high on sugar and hand them back to my brothers. Like it's, the it's best part. great. That's yeah. how you do it. That's how, what's what being a dad's like. It's great. It's no oh. different, right, John? I, yeah. I imagine exactly the same. like that. Exactly the same. So it's like, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. I don't feel prepared. I, I do function better when I have that type of like a doomsday clock hanging over my head. 
So like, it's been a really productive few months for me, just knowing that, Hey, this is the last opportunity I get to to not have a child to, to care for, um, to like, just do a bunch of different things that I need to get done. So, uh, yeah, I'm absolutely unprepared and I don't know how I would prepare. Like I, there's how many audiobooks can I listen to? Because I'll listen to all of them, but I don't know if that's going to do anything for me. Yeah. I don't know. Like John, you just take over this question. No, you, you ran a, you ran a CrossFit, right? You owned one. My remember that, right? Yeah. Then you're prepared. I mean, <laughs> come on. You had like a hundred babies at one time. This is, this, you got it down pat. It's all okay. the same. It's as simple as that. And you know what? Our bathroom will probably be cleaner. Yeah, with, with the baby than it was at the gym. So <laughs> I just feel like a lot of the advice out there is bullshit. Like I have a bunch of friends, uh, you know, pregnant now we're in that age group. And, you know, I, I went to the bookstore a little while ago and I was like picking out some books to like bring to people or give to people as gifts or whatever. And you books on being a mom books on what to eat while you're pregnant, what to, you know, all this. And it, like every other book I opened was just bullshit. I was like, I'm not going to waste money on someone who wrote an entire book on how you really shouldn't be like jogging throughout pregnancy. It's really <laughs> jostling for the baby. And I'm like, who writes this shit and who buys it and is so woefully like <laughs> misinformed. And and before people come after me being like, well, you really shouldn't like whatever. I All I'm saying is, the um, recommendations are for the most part antiquated and there is a lot less talking about what should feel right and what doesn't feel right and how you can make those decisions based on what your body's feeling versus like do or don't buy my program, do or don't eat what I'm telling you, do or don't, you know, that's, I feel like that's tough. Yeah, it is. It is a, it's a confusing time and because there's so many changes and there's so much that you just don't know to expect. And Katie works in this field. You know, she's a nurse and she works in a clinic that treats pregnant women. That's mm-hmm. what she does. And so she's like very in tune with what the experience is like for, you know, the average pregnancy as well as what to expect. And even some of the things that she's gone through, she's been like, oh, that's what that was. Like, I, yeah. I know this, but I didn't realize that that's what that was. Um and I think that's normal, but I also think like, man, if there's one industry that's entirely marketed by fear, it's, it's babies. Mm-hmm. Everything is like, well, you don't want your baby to die. Right. Well, you don't right? want your baby to be a serial killer. Right. And it's like, no, of course not. But how did we get this far without your stupid fucking book? If that's right. what's selling me right now, how did we do this? Right. Exactly. I keep thinking like, well, our parents didn't have that book or our parents didn't have like insert whatever here. And like, we're fine. I right? agree. Most of us turned out to be not serial killers. So the, uh, the high majority, at least. Yeah. yeah the <laughs> majority of us turned out to be not serial killers. So I think clearly someone was doing something right. Most of the time. Oh, how you'll, exciting. You'll guys. be fine. Hey, look, here's the only, here's the only thing I'll tell you. I'm not going to, I'm definitely not going to get in this debate because we'll all get blown up via DM, but Postpartum is a real thing. Sure. So if you're going to read a book, read it on that. Matter of fact, it's such a real thing. When Nikki has babies, I'm banning her from the podcast for about six months after. It's probably um, smart. It's very smart. Very smart. Um, but you can't like, babies are, they're kind of simple, dude. Like 
you know, they're fragile. You got to be careful with them, but they don't know you're an idiot. So you can kind of do anything you want. They don't, they, matter of fact, they're going to think you're a genius, straight up genius until they're like 10. Then they're going to figure out you're not, but you got about 10 years. They just think you're the greatest thing that ever walked the earth. So just enjoy it. I can't wait. I'm so pumped. (gasps) I was a big, like, nah, never getting married, never having kids. Like that was like me 10 years ago or like, you know, when Katie and I met, I was like, I'm just going to be a stick uncle. It's going to be awesome. And then she was like, wouldn't it be cool if we got married? And I was like, yeah, I guess. And she's like, mm-hmm. I'll leave you if you don't get married to me. I was like, oh, fuck, let's do this then. Yep, like, yep, yeah. yep. No way. <laughs> There's no way my life is going to improve uh, without you in it. So right. let's go ahead and just make this happen. You're 100% <laughs> right. That was the right move. And like over the past few years, as we've been sort of like talking about it, been like, yeah, it's like, you know, kids are cool. Like I could, I could see myself having kids. And like the past couple of years, it's been like, let's do this. Like yeah. give me a child. I want a little version of me. And we don't, by the way, we don't know if it's a boy or a girl. I was just going to ask. Yeah. We're, we're trying to keep it a secret. We're trying to surprise ourselves. Do it the old fashioned way. Well, look, dude, all the CrossFit babies this year have been girls with the exception of one. So you got, who's the you, one? Uh, who was it? Uh, Tim Paulson. Oh, okay. Wes, yeah. But yeah, so (laughs) Scott Panjack had a girl. Saxon's got twin girls. Two girls, yeah. Yes, twin girl. Well, he's you know he's married to a twin, and he's a twin. It's like what they think was going to happen. Yeah. So yeah. So so now they got you got three Panjack girls. You got Andy Thor's daughter had a girl. The dancers had a girl. Camille had a girl, right? Yeah, Camille had a girl. I mean, we got all these. You know, all these games babies that came this year, 2042 is going to be lit with athletes. And then we'll have, you know, another little hammer on the sidelines. It'll be great with a little microphone and a little mullet, boy or girl. It won't matter. (laughs) That's right. And boy or girl, they're going to be named Armin. It's going to be great. Oh, okay, great. So wait, let me rapid fire some questions at you. So due date approximate? July 10th. Oh, so great. July babies are the best. I speak from experience. Um, and you don't, you're deciding not to find out the gender. I, I will not know. I can almost guarantee you that Katie will find out at some point because she was the type of child that peaked at her Christmas gifts. So like she works mm-hmm. in a clinic where every sonographer is like, like, Hey, whenever you want a checkup, just let us know and we'll scan you. And she's like, Okay. And like, eventually they're going to let it slip or eventually it's going to be like in her file somewhere. But I think I'll be able to keep it a secret from myself. That's what really matters. How the fuck is she not going to tell you if she finds out? We've had this conversation once and I was like, I kind of feel like you're going to find out and you're going to tell me. And I, it's not going to be disappointing because I'm excited regardless. And she was like, what? You dare like you you think that I'm gonna let it slip if I find oh now it's a anything and I was like you done played yourself (laughs) (laughs) now it's a challenge (laughs) yup okay okay so we're gonna keep we're gonna keep the gender hopefully a secret until the big day um are you kicking around any like fave names or is it just definitely Armin or Arminita (laughs) we do have we do have a whole list of names that we go through. Uh, like on a weekly basis and yep. it shuffles around a bunch. Um, some of them are like family names and some of them are like Armenian names and some of them are cool. not Armenian names at all. It's like, you know, there's a couple on there that I, I really like, but there's just no way that I could, I could pull it off. I feel like there's some of them that I'm just like, Oh, I'm just not quite there yet to name my child Miko. So 
Oh, like, such and a cool name. By the way, though. again, Miko's Salo poster right there. Oh, yeah, like, right there. Yes. Like, <laughs> like, you can not, do whatever you want, dude. You can do whatever. Like, name the kid Miko. Uh, but, like, you know, she, I think she suggested that as like a separate thing. It had nothing to do with, you know, our Miko. Right. Either way, like, we do, we have a bunch of different names that we, we look around. Cool. Very cool. Nothing that I really want to share. I don't Deal. want to come down to everything. I mean, like, I don't know. No, you know, I feel like you gotta, you gotta feel it. You gotta, some, I, personally, like, I really like, was it Annie who told us about the tradition of they like come home with the baby and then they like wait like four or five days or something like that. And then they announce the name and then they have a party after they announce the name or whatever, or maybe it's even longer. Maybe it's like two weeks. I kind of like the idea of like getting to know your baby before you give it a name because the, the way it looks and the way it acts and its personality is it's kind of coming to life sort of like lends itself to, if you've got a couple names on your list, like what does this baby feel like? What does she yeah. act like? What does I she, could, I, I like couldn't that have idea. done that because Megan's name would have been asshole. She was a terrible <laughs> well, baby. There's that. Yeah. Terrible baby. Great kid. Now terrible baby. Hey, yeah, I ever- feel like that's going to end up being what we do. I think, I think we're going to end up being like, Oh wow. Wow. Like I, we have this list, but none of them really feel right. Or like three of them feel right. What, how do yeah. we pick? And we're just going to like not pick for as long as possible. Yeah. So that nine-year-old named like baby A, it's like, we're going to name you someday, kiddo. I feel- swear it's coming. <laughs> Honey, how do you feel about the name Greg Glassman? What do you hmm. think? <laughs> it's at the bottom of the list. So. I, here's what I think we should do. I think we should go head to head in the open and the winner gets to name the baby. I think that would be fun. That'd yeah. Okay. <laughs> you, I mean, listen. As much as if I lose, you can name my next one. That'd be great. <laughs> as much confidence as I have in myself that that wouldn't be close, you were second in the worldwide scaled leaderboard, and that is that's a way higher than I've ever been. So same girl. Same. You, you ever seen the the uh, TV show The League? Yeah, uh, so good. Do you see the the season where they they did that? They had a whoever won the league got to name the baby, and they named the baby Chalupa Batman. <laughs> so that could be a good baby name. Yeah, that is that's actually I didn't want to say it, but that's near the top of the list. I'm yeah. sure. Baby McBabyface. Baby face. Mullet McMullet Mulletson. How about yeah, that? That's a good one. That'd that's be a good very too. Good one. Oh my God. Well, I am very excited for you, dude. Congratulations. I'm stoked that your life is going to take a a big left turn, but for the better, for sure. So cool. I, I can't wait to watch your episodes after this baby comes. Like right now, your, your episodes, by the way, I was just telling this to somebody the other day. You're, I don't know what you're doing, Deborah. Your, your show's always been good, but lately, like your energy level is like really on point. Because he's like, amped. He's about to have a baby. Maybe, maybe that's it. But I can't wait to see after the baby. You're going to come in like all glassy eyed and getting three cups of coffee, just like hand on the head going, all right, let's fucking talk about the game. No, he's going to be wearing the baby <laughs> yeah. in the show. Yeah, like, probably. He just fell asleep. I can't take him off. He's strapped to me. We're just going to do this. We're doing this right uh, now. I, I love it. Both. I'm interested in doing both of those things. I will happily do both of those things. Fantastic. Going to be the best. Hey, Nikki, let's take a quick break from Armin and talk about our sponsor this week, Emergent Mindset. 
Ooh, it is the perfect time to get into the Emergent Mindset program because we are just ahead of the open. And this is a really good way to get a handle on both your mental and physical game before you hit what I like to call the most stressful period in CrossFit history. (laughs) Three weeks this time instead of five, which is great, but three weeks of just, you know, being stressed, being nervous, being worried about your performance. And for me, you know, that comes with the nervous poops. So anything I can do to avoid that would be ideal. Well, I know I need it. I'm getting, I'm starting to get stressed, man. We're like 40 days out. I know. I'm, uh, you know, starting to wonder, am I going to be able to get my life back together between now and then? But it, it is helpful you know, to have someone get you in that, that headspace and, you know, just get you prepared to visualize the workouts, to help your concentration. For me, it's, I, I've mentioned before, it's that self-talk of, Hey, you're good enough to do this, yep. not, Hey, you suck. Um, and so I think you've got to, you know, be able to work through all that and having someone help you do that, you know, is really important. And, and Casey who put this together has a ton of experience. Yeah. She's a games athlete. Um, you know, she's been coaching for 13 years. She's a master's in sports psychology. I mean, I think the coolest thing about this is that this is an online course, right? But it doesn't feel like homework. Like you basically like nerding out on all the cool CrossFit shit that we talk about on a daily basis that we talk about on this podcast that you chat about with your friends at the gym. So it's, it's just so approachable and so very much like you're hearing from your coach how to best approach be open. It's like necessary. Highly recommend. Yep. So take advantage of it. Uh, you can uh, catch their website. The link in, is in the bio, the the Instagram page. But if you want to yep. go directly there, you can go to emergentmindset.com backslash open prep. So you spell that. Here we go. Let's try it. Okay, I'm ready. E-M-E-R-G-E-N-T-M-I-N-D-S-E-T. Boom. Ooh, got it. First try. You did. Mer- nice emergent, job. Yes. Emergentmindset.com backslash open prep. And uh, if you use our code uh, MPGA, uh, first 50 people get a hundred bucks off the course, which is a great deal. So, so run, don't walk. Run, don't walk. <laughs> so with that, we are going to run back to Armin. Uh, can we talk a little bit about the impending doom? Yes. Of the open oh. and the game. Sorry, it's doom for me because I always get worked up. Doom but no, no, no. It's it's not. It's exciting. And this year is going to be exciting. And part of why we reached out to have Armin on the show is because uh, CrossFit Games just dropped their annual rule book. Um, and there's a lot going on in it uh, that we haven't read, but that Armin has read. We knew, we knew Armin would read it. He'd do all the work. <laughs> and all we had to do is show up. That was great. Perfect idea, really. Can I tell you, I reference and read various sections of that rule book half a dozen times a day. I mean, I am like every moment I'm like editing something or I'm answering an email or like just even completely unrelated. I'll be like watching a YouTube video that has nothing to do with CrossFit and I'll think of like a scenario and I'll be like, fuck, I need to find that in the rule book. And I'll like check it. Have it I have it on my desktop. It's basically always open and I can just like control F whatever it is I'm looking for. It is wait, wait. It has become way too much of like a part of my life. Do you mean like you'll think of a scenario like what if an athlete won a sanctional and also did well in the open, but then got his left hand bit off by a shark and now must be in the adaptive division. How do they change like little th- like scenarios like that? Yeah. Like here's an example. Uh, the, and I did a video on this today. I think it was the affiliate cup rules 
are like the rulebook came out on January 6th or 7th, but the affiliate cup eligibility rules start on January 1st. So you can't be a member of an affiliate cup team unless you were already a member of that affiliate starting January 1st. And I reached out to CrossFit. I was like, how strict are you going to be with this? And they said, very strict. And a perfect scenario is like, if you have a friend that joins your gym between now and March, they can't be on the affiliate team. There's not allowed to participate on the affiliate team. So if they're like going to be really big sticklers about it, then they won't allow new people joining gyms to do the open on that affiliates team, which is like a strange rule to put into place. But like, I understand why, but at the same time, like you're kind of really like, if you're going by the letter of the law there, you're pa- you're painting yourself into a strange corner, but yes, it's, it's exactly like that. It's exactly like scenarios like that. Well, so let's start there because part of why, again, part of why we wanted to have you on is to, to talk about like what's new and, and different this year and how is that going to be affecting us overall when it comes to looking ahead at the competitive season. And so starting with the affiliate cup, which I personally am very excited to see back sort of in full force, meaning that like teams actually have to be working out together and members of the same gym and can't be these like super teams that we've seen in the past, which had its own benefits. Don't get me wrong. I just am a stick. Like, I just love, I'm nostalgic in that respect. And I liked when it was like full on gyms doing their thing, getting together athletes who like live together, work together on a daily basis. Um, So I like the return of the affiliate cup, but when it comes to rules like that, it does get, it like gets messy for us regular people, but I kind of see the point for it when you're talking about teams that end up qualifying specifically for the games. And this is the games rule book. Like it, yes, it applies to all of us because we all do CrossFit on a daily basis, but we're really trying to narrow it down to the top 1% of folks who are going to end up in Madison. Yeah. The, the affiliate cup is, is it's perfectly in line with what Eric Rosa's stated goals are. It's like, if you haven't been able to tell, Eric Rosa's entire focus is on making the affiliate model work, whether it's as the affiliate model exists today or what it's going to be because newsflash, it will change. So it's like the affiliates are the core of the business. The training is kind of like the funnel that gets people into the affiliates, but the affiliates are going to be eventually the main core revenue driver of this business. And so when you look at like the super team transition and removing the affiliates from the open and removing regionals, which was like a big driver for affiliates to like, just try as hard as they can to like get an affiliate, a team out to the regionals, you know, that, that had an effect on people's um, motivation or desire to be a part of that. So yeah, in a way the affiliate cup thing makes total sense. Now from like a spectator standpoint, Honestly, the affiliate cup sucked. Like it was so hard to watch and it was so boring and having teams of six was like the most confusing possible thing they could have done. I still remember to this day sitting in the stands in Carson, watching them do that Murph event. And I was like, this is a disaster. There's no like, way of telling who's, who's where, what, like no whose arm who's is that? Yeah. yeah. And there's no way of knowing what actual jockeying is going down on the field. It's just like, it was made to be logistically efficient having a bunch of people do the same thing next to each other. And it was just really boring to watch. And they solved it a little bit with the teams of the four. Um, and they solved it a lot when they just went down to like seven, eight or nine teams. 
right. before there was just super teams packed full of athletes we all knew and recognized. And so, you know, there's, like you said, there's trade-offs. I think the affiliate cup thing is really good for the affiliates. It's really good for morale. It's really good for the business, but it's going to be a little bit touch and go when we get to the actual competition and see what the teams have to do at the games. I'm not, I'm not convinced that we will lose this super team like format completely. Like I'm not convinced that people won't move and, you know, legitimately join teams and gyms and legitimately become training partners. Of course, it's like kind of shitty that we're doing this in the time of COVID. (laughs) Like now would be the perfect time to have remote super teams. But I, I do much prefer the affiliate model with it, but I'm still not, I'm not convinced that we're not going to see like, you know, like the mayhem team is a great example. They've always been together and eh, your face. China lives in LA or she not in LA, California. She lives in NorCal. Right. Scott lives in Ohio. And so, and they were living there as January 1st. So that team doesn't exist right now. Like who, I don't know who rich is going to put on his team. So he needs to find a woman and like, he needs to convince one of his female members and one of his male members to be his teammates. Otherwise mayhem can't defend the title right? That's not in 2019. Cause there was no team competition last year. So it's like that, that's actually a really particular specific situation of like, you know, how, how does rich resolve that? Because he, he didn't know that the January 1st date was going to be the uh, start of the eligibility because the rule the rule book didn't come out until a week later. So if he didn't know that, um, you know, he definitely couldn't have prepared for it. And if he couldn't have prepared for it, then like what what's he gonna do as his backup? And I, I don't know what the answer to that is, but I think that's the type of like interesting, weird question and mm-hmm. scenarios that pop up in, in the rule book. It's far too late for me to move to Tennessee. So he's screwed. Oh, what's he gonna do? I don't know. Totally screwed. Totally mm-hmm. screwed. Well, some a lot of gyms like that, successful gyms with successful teams have always had like an A team and a B team. So, you know, maybe they they pull someone up who maybe was going to be on the B team. A lot of that B team was remote. They had Fisagavi, who is also in Ohio, was on that B team before, you know. I mean, Armin's right. It's going to be tough. It would be tough yeah. on all these teams, though. Like, Absolutely. I kind of like that. I like the idea of it, though. And I mean, I love Rich, and I've always loved watching, you know, Mayhem compete, but... I like the idea of just some random people I've never heard of before having a shot yeah. at winning it. Yeah, it could be fun. Yeah. Okay, what about... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go for it, Nikki. Go for it. No, I was going to change the subject. So if this is yeah. still on affiliate well, well, teams, keep I, going. I was just going to put like a little bit of a button here. It's like the there are for sure like super team level gyms out there. Um, <clears throat> there were a few out there that were already competing at that level against those like hyper celebrity filled super teams, um, but were local affiliates that all trained uh, with one another. Um, like Milford? Milford is one. Um, Fort Vancouver is one. Fort Vancouver is another one. Yeah, yeah. There's, so there's there's been a handful of teams that like, you know, their farm system was just really efficient at making great CrossFit teams. So mm-hmm. it, it won't, I don't, I don't think we're going to lose the top end of performance as, as much as like it would be if, if, um, you know, we were like, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I don't think we're going to lose the top end of performance that much. It's still going to be competitive. It's just going to be really interesting to see exactly what happens with, with some of those like, uh, outland outlandish scenarios, like with Rich's team. Yeah. 
I'm very curious to see how that plays out. What about uh, on the individual side in the rule book? What, what sort of stands out to you as some of the bigger points of differentiation for 2021? Um, <clears throat> so the, the existence of quarterfinals and the three-week open is a really interesting thing to me because if you look at it from, and <laughs> I don't want to come across as like, I'm not a cynic. Okay. I just want to go ahead and say like, this is not a cynical take. <laughs> okay. There we go. <laughs> I'm, just here, I'm just here to tell you what I'm seeing and how I would, I would reason through why it's staying, it's, it's being the way it's being done. Um, the open being three weeks long makes total sense. It's never had to be five weeks. Adding, adding in an online competition after the open also makes total sense. And a great secondary effect of that is that you can make a lot of money doing yeah. it that way because the open is still going to get a ton of people participating for 20 bucks a head and the quarterfinals are going to get 10% of everyone that was doing the open for 50 bucks a head. So it's a it's a fantastic way of making the open monetarily float itself a little bit better than it has before. Um, but the thing that I like the most about the open quarterfinals is that it also builds in this kind of like you can have you can see step functions of the difficulty of CrossFit, right? Like we've seen an online crossfit games so we know what that programming looks like and it is terrifying like right. it's not achievable by normal human beings and at the very far end of the spectrum is going to be now this new like foundations version of the open which is supposed to be the most accessible version of open workouts ever programmed it's like the rx version the scaled version and then even below that the foundations version which makes sense because there's always that there's always that group of people scaled work and they're like, I still can't do half of that. What are you talking about? And of course, like make another version of the workout. Who cares? Make 10 versions of the workout. It doesn't matter. Just let people participate. Right. And so we have this now uh, really beautiful spectrum that we're going to be able to see by the end of this season of what it looks like to have like the most accessible type workouts for an online competition to the most elite workouts for an online competition. And that to me is, is a cool thing because it just gives you really clear visual representation of like how those things are sort of stepped up depending on the context. None of that was cynical. Okay, cool. Awesome. That's I just that feel that like great. we talk about like, Oh, they're, they're going to make so much money doing the open. No, it's no, like, no. That's not, that's, it's that's, a business. I yeah. would like CrossFit to make money so that I can benefit off of CrossFit having yeah. money and like I, doing great broadcasts. And like, that's fine with me. The the banker in me railed on this uh, year. So when regionals got canceled and, and Greg started thumbing his nose at the open and we started losing people doing the open. I, and you know, he, he deleted Instagram and Facebook and I'm sitting there as a banker going, all right, What's the biggest money maker CrossFit has? It's the open. It's free money. They're just printing money. And you had the Instagram and Facebook pages free advertising to right. millions of people. And we just get rid of it, right? And so what, you know, you got a businessman running, and this isn't Bash Greg Day, but you got a businessman running the shop now. And he's going, all right, if I can get, let's just say 200,000 people to sign on, that's $4 million at 20 bucks a head. But- it's only 60% of the time 
we're doing three weeks instead of five. So now we're going to go, all right, let's take 10% of that group. Let's charge 50 bucks for those guys when they get to quarterfinals. There's another million dollars for the exact same cost as it cost us before. And by the way, now we have our Facebook and Instagram pages back doing our free advertising. And we're going to do this gift card system, which is brilliant. Genius. Yeah. Encouraging more people to do it. So we're likely going to get far more than 200,000 people to do it. Like it's, it's a monster win for CrossFit. It makes a lot of sense to treat the open like any other direct to consumer product and actually provide people the opportunity to like buy gift cards into it. Like yeah. it makes complete sense. And well, I, I really enjoy that they, they flip the switch yeah. on that. Well, you said at the top of this, like, you know, Eric's driving force is to make the affiliate model work. Well, in order to make the affiliate model work financially, you can't raise the affiliate fee. These guys are living hand to mouth as it is. You can't raise the fee in order to make more money. So what's the best way to provide value to those affiliates? Do it through the open where people are are wanting to give you money. They just want to, <laughs> you know, it's, and it's going to build your brand because now you go back, hopefully knock on wood, we're going to go back to the open announcements and like the Friday night lights and the fun part of what we used to do. It's just, it's a monster win. Yeah. And I think it's, it's good to remember too, that they are trying to improve on a system that they know was broken in some places. Like he said on this show that probably not this year, but next year, they're working on like a, a much better system, a better leaderboard, a better app, a better something that doesn't crash when it's 10 minutes to the time to put your scores in and none of us can do it. And we're all like emailing like help at CrossFit.com being like, I tried to put it in, but your shit froze. Like they're aware and they're trying to better the system as well as the complaints that we've heard, especially, you know, give the last year was weird, but the complaints that people had about the open being a direct qualifier for games and how that was never the intention. And yeah, we were stuck there for a minute, but like, you know, getting a couple more steps between something else online, these quarterfinals, these, and these events, these, you know, I don't call them sanctionals, but whatever they are, these events that stand between, you know, step one and, and the CrossFit games, like provide more opportunity to see what people have in them and to level up the programming. Like you've been saying. I will I will push back a little. I agree with what you're saying, but I'm going to push back a little bit here. And yeah. the pushback that I have is the flaws in the system have not been addressed because the people that created those flaws are still at CrossFit and they're still in charge of those same exact systems. So like Greg was never the reason why the open leaderboards would like crash 10 minutes to 5 p.m. Pacific on Monday evenings. Like that's not his fault. You know, he, he's not the reason why the, anyone ever gave him the idea that the open could be a direct qualifier to the games. You know, Dave and his team have been touting off the open being a perfect predictor for the games since it started. So like the people who kind of seeded these decisions and were in charge of what set up all of this, like infrastructural problems and you know, like sort of just just deep issues within the system, they're still there. They're still there. They're still making decisions and they're going to do what they know how to do, which is recreate a lot of that stuff. So there's going to have to be improvement in what they do because right now Eric actually cares and wants it to improve. Yeah. But the fact that it's the same people being given a very similar directive using the same toolkit that they had before is going to lead into very similar waters. So like they're going to have to have much more um, oversight on them to make sure that 
they don't take us back to the same things that we were doing previously. Because yeah, the open announcements were fun. It was cool. But I, I mean, like I was there at 20.5 when we were told to, you know, it was, you were, you were, uh, we were in Boston. They told us local time, 8.03. You are, you are releasing the workout local time, 8.03. At 7.58, Dave Castro posted the workout on his Instagram. And his team was the one who told us 8.03, 8.03 PM, wait until 8.03 PM. And I was like, Hey man, if you can't even wait for like us who are actually working for you for free to do the thing that you asked us to do, like what, what are we even doing here? So that was like a really infuriating experience for me. And the same infrastructure that was in place that like led to the open becoming what it was and regionals becoming what it was and what happened over the past couple of years, all of its successes, as well as its failures, that infrastructure is kind of still there. Yeah, I, I I hear where you're coming from with that. And to a point, I I agree. But I actually will disagree with you fundamentally that the leadership at the top didn't have some kind of influence in that. And like, part of why I'm saying that is specifically because of the conversation that we had with Eric Rosa a couple of weeks ago now, which sort of led me to believe that, yes, maybe Greg was not the reason that the app crashed 10 minutes to, you know, when we were all putting our scores in, because he wasn't the one solely responsible for that. But Eric brought it up without us saying it, brought it up being like, I know this was a problem and I'm at the top of this steering the ship and I'm going to do something to fix it. I'm going to hire a new technology person. I'm going to figure out how I can get my team and the team that's in charge of it to do what I also believe is right. So I think in even going to the conversation of the year that we're, we all kind of knew that it was like Greg's games, I'm doing air quotes and not like Dave's games because Greg had so much influence that Dave sort of like after the fact was like, that's not how I would have run it if I could have had my choice. Like, I do think that it's an integrated business more so now, thank goodness, because the person at the helm has a vested interest in what we're doing here. But I just, I guess I personally think that there's going to be more influence in all of those things, even though there are some people who are still there, flaws and all, there'll be more different, better, fresh eye influence on it now that there's a different person at the top who has a very distinct vision for the way he wants the business to go for the better. I think you're both right. Thanks. I di- think we're both right too. Well, look, I I see both sides of it. I think yeah. Greg, Greg was to blame only in the fact that he didn't invest in the infrastructure. Like he just didn't care enough to do it. Like, so he's not going to take direct blame. He didn't like do it himself, but he didn't spend any money on the tech. Like, so that's, and, but to Armin's point, you still got Dave running the show and Dave does a lot of petty shit. You can, I can point you back to like a week ago where he's just trolling, just trolling rich every day, you know, because he's petty. That's what he does. And I I actually love him for it. Like it's one of my favorite things about him. Do you think that's petty? I don't think, I think it's like the showmanship of like everyone being online and giving so much of a shit about social media. I think, I think it's proof that he's has not changed under new leadership, which is kind of Armin's point. Like he's still running the shop and like, you know, you, Eric is a much more buttoned up professional. He's like, 
he's not HR's nightmare. You know, like he, even with us, like every word was scripted and in, in a good way, like super professional, like he's, you know, he's a businessman and he's really good at it. And my point know. is, is like, you know, the, the, it's still, the business is still being run on that side a little bit. Like it's boys club and that's okay. No. Like, I, yeah, I don't look absolutely. I don't have a problem with that. That's not a, that's not a critique or a complaint, but you know, and it's part of what's fun. And I think special about our community is like some of this stuff is fun to watch. Like the trolling of rich is funny. They're, you know, they're friendly. So it is funny, but it's not something you would see in corporate America. You know, it just isn't. Yeah, whole, I, yeah. So I don't know. I, you know, I think it will be interesting to see how it shapes up. I'm excited about the format. Farmer's yeah. point, like, you know, yeah. how, how will it change? Will the programming be any different? Like what's this, you know, quarterfinals going to look like? It's, it's an interesting and dynamic to me. I don't want it to sound like I'm being super doom and gloom. Like I actually, I think that the outlook for CrossFit is way more positive now than it was any time in the last year and a half. Like, I think that there's actually a potential that 10 years from now CrossFit exists as, as a business. And it's actually fundamentally serving a marketplace with its product. I think that is, uh, it has a higher chance of doing that now than it did a year and a half ago. And that's, that's great. I think that's a really good thing. I'm just pointing out the fact that like with, with all of this like monumental change that happened at CrossFit and with such a clear difference in direction, uh, if you're still giving the same people the same tools and similar directives, they're going to end up trying to do the same things. And what's the first thing that we saw? We saw no regionals, but continents. And it's like, okay, yeah, you love your regions, man. Like it makes total sense. Split everything up by regions. I, I completely get it. It's functional, but like you painted yourself in a corner. Like what are the semifinals going to look like? We have no details on the back half of the season and we don't know what events are going to be involved in the semifinals. It, it sounds like the rule book is saying that the semifinals, you're going to be required to compete within your actual continent, which is defined by your citizenship. So like Tia is going to have to go back to Australia to compete, to make it to the CrossFit game. So like she's going to go from, from living in the States, which I'm assuming she's going to still be living in the States after she finishes up in Korea. But like, let's just assume she's going to go from living in the States to competing in Australia and then coming back to the States to compete in the games uh, a month later or six weeks later. And that's like, that's a lot to ask. And she's just like one example. She just happens to be the best example because she's the best female CrossFitter, but like that type of um, that type of like decision-making it it's like, you have a hammer, you see a nail. It, that's all. That's basically all I'm trying to point out is like, there's going to be a lot of similar familiar decisions made and it might end up being positive. It might end up being negative and it might end up making some of the same mistakes, but that's kind of where it's going to end up going in my opinion. Yeah. I guess uh, from my perspective, like I, I'm not mad about that because I, I don't know, like on the, on the competitive side of things, like I want Dave in charge. Like I want him to keep doing the things that he's been doing because I like the way that they've been going. Like I like the open, I like the programming. I like his, his take on programming theory and you know, the, the way that he sort of like sees the linear relationship between point A and point B of these athletes that are going from, you know, starting in their garages to on the fours in Madison. Like I, and 
regionals and continents, like hearkening back to where it was like that hits me in my CrossFit heart. And so I don't see that as being an issue as far as like give the same people the same tools and the same things are going to happen because I want the same things to happen in one respect or another. Obviously there are flaws in the system and change is good, but I do feel like when it comes to the rules specifically, like it would be very hard to make it this international competition, this sort of like stage one to stage two to stage three with athletes all over the world in different divisions and different everything without some shit getting messy, like what you were just describing with, and, and I, now my brain is like, well, fuck, like what if travel is still jacked up by the time that the games are happening too? Like, are we going to start changing the rule book down the road because people, countries aren't allowing other people to come in and I don't, there's, it's so messy, but I, I also can't picture a world where it wouldn't be messy. There's too many factors and other sports don't have all these factors, right? That's, like, that's true. It is, it is an incredibly complex situation because we're dealing with a large group of people spread around the largest geographic zone possible, which is the entire planet. <laughs> the only geographic zone we know. <laughs> of various <laughs> and there's there's going to be a lot of circumstances that come up. And one of the things that I absolutely unequivocally will say about Dave and his team is that they've been exceptionally good at problem solving those types of issues. So I, I have a lot of confidence that the games will go off regardless of what like curveballs are thrown at them. And that was one of the big things that I think I may have either miscommunicated or focused poorly on last year was like, I, I think I sent across the message that I didn't want to see the games that I wanted them to not focus on the games during the COVID shutdown and that they should focus on like, you know, cleaning house and figuring out what CrossFit's going to do. And in hindsight, that was, that was a bad take. Like that was absolutely, that was a freezing cold take because by focusing on the games and, and putting attention to it and allowing it to continue to exist as a potential it opened the doors for them. It never closed the door on the situation. And I think that's a lesson that like I learned by watching how he and his team took on that challenge, which I found to be really admirable. And I love the way that he was able to pull that off. Even if at the end of the day, I disagree with some of the things that they did. I think it was a really cool way of actually making sure that they never, you know, closed the door on, on being able to put on an event and were able to successfully put something on. So, you know, it's like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. We'll end up seeing what happens. Like the time is going to march on super fast. Like now I'm not super worried about like summer because that's when the games are happening. Like summer is when my baby is being born. Seriously. Like it's, it's happening regardless of my preparation. It's happening. I have my opinion doesn't have anything to do with it. My preparation has nothing to do with it. Much like the games, my baby will be born in summer and like the games will happen in summer. It's just going to have to happen. So like, yeah, I, I can, I can have an opinion about things and have like the general outlook, but like, it's just going to occur and I'm going to have to live with it and deal with it. And like everybody else, they're all going to have to live with and deal with my baby. So <laughs> That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. I think you should bring your baby to games. That's what you should do. I I think that would be fantastic. I think you should but, bl- blame everything on the baby moving forward. So when you have the baby on your show, you could be like, 
I think Dave's programming was good, but my baby thinks he's a dickhead. Mm-hmm. That's what I would do. <laughs> that's a great idea. I mean, you know what? that's not a bad idea. People have told me before, be like, hey, man, you should have like a separate character played by you on the channel that you argue with. And I was like, that's a that's a great idea. <laughs> Actually, really <laughs> good idea. Creating one now. It's in production. I might be working on that. I might be uh-huh. working on that one. You like dub over your baby's face, but it's like your voice. I think, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's a great idea. You know, I, I thought the, that everything went really smoothly this year, but young Miko here disagrees <laughs> and will tell you right now why. <laughs> yes. And it'll be just like his face and little, or her face or whatever. And like a little mouth, my mouth moving like the old Conan bits. <laughs> I, hope, I hope it's a little girl named Miko. <laughs> obviously what obviously. else do you name little girls that's it that's totally it <laughs> uh but yeah yeah format wise like obviously this year is so different i will say i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot my shot on this one i do think that three weeks of workouts means maybe one if not two like part a part b i'm just throwing that out there for the open i think it's reasonable but yeah. like look at all the other part a part b's right the the part a's have always been or the second part has always been a weightlifting thing totally so either he's going to add the second part is now a gymnastics thing but because there's no way that they can require people to have enough weights to do an ascending weightlifting ladder like can you imagine if they were like check it out guys we're redoing that workout with the pistols and the step-ups and the clean and jerks up to 315. And everyone's just like, are you kidding me? I'm locked down in my garage right now. And I just was able to cobble together one 35 pound plate and a 25 and two five pound change plates. Like you want me to do 315 pound what's? And it's like, yeah, that person was never going to get to that point of the workout, but it's still like, you know, I think it might still be an unreasonable expectation. So I don't know. Maybe those part A's and part B's are going to be like a gymnastics thing or something. I don't know. Or it's like part B is like how many fucking air squats can you do in a minute after you just destroyed your legs doing rowing and wall balls and this and that and the other thing. Maybe it's going to be something I don't give a shit about anyway. Here's here's my call. Okay. (laughs) Here's, Here's my call. The best possible part A, like the best possible like second part to workout that's just a brutal test would be a max bar hang. Yeah, no. Because after something after something grippy. It would it would it would do a lot of uh it would be it would be a lot of ties on the leaderboard, but who cares? It would be fun to watch. Yeah, I'd be into it. I'd be totally into it. In my current cardio state, I would actually look forward to just hanging on something. That'd be great. Yeah, but how difficult is it to breathe when you're hanging there? Your chest starts to like cave in. I don't know. I I felt like I was three beats away from a heart attack yesterday. So I'll take the <laughs> I'll take the hang any day of the week. Anything other than the big structural changes that sort of stick out to you as far as rules, rule changes, differences for this year? Uh, yeah, like the rule book actually included. So now, so in 2021, for the first time, there's an overall cash prize for the open. Whereas before it was always the weekly cash prizes. There are the weekly cash prizes still this, this time around, but there's now an overall cash prize um, 
which is really cool. I mean, it's cool to see the open start having a little bit more of a cash prize. But the flip side of that is that there's nothing about cash prizes from um, nothing about cash prizes from quarterfinals or semifinals or the CrossFit Games, which is generally included in the rule book uh, in the past few years. And that is 100% because Reebok is no longer in the picture and we don't know who the title sponsor is. So either they're still in the process of figuring that out or they haven't locked it up or they're not comfortable mentioning it or they just don't know what the prize money is going to be. But if they knew, they would have told us because mm-hmm. it would be something that's worth talking about. So that that is an interesting thing to point out, like where the open is sort of seeing a little bit of a gain in terms of the monetary uh, uh, prize money uh, being being offered there. And the rest of the season is kind of left in in the the sort of unknown about what that's going to end up looking like. But other than that, um, there are a couple little things that stick out and it makes sense. This is like a problem solving thing. Like you mentioned, the COVID situation is still going on. You know, there's a hundred percent going to be gyms that have members who just cannot or are not able to come into their facility or their just facility is not available to have anybody there. And so this year, affiliate managers can give the green light. They can, they can um, okay scores from their own members that their members did at their house. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. That's yeah, that's, I mean, it's, it's definitely a way of problem solving. Um, it does sort of, it, it kind of brings it a little bit of questioning into it is like, just how strict are you going to be about those scores? You know, if you're just able to, you know, give the thumbs up for whatever it is your affiliate members do, regardless of whether they're under your roof or at their house. Do Um, those affiliate members from home have to record the workout for their coach to? There's no requirement for that. They can, it literally just says that like in this year, because of COVID situations, um, affiliate managers can approve of submitted scores from their own members if they did it at their home, it's like, you have to have done it in your home and to be an, an active member of that affiliate and the affiliate manager can green light it. Whereas like, otherwise you'd have to either have done it at that affiliate and had a judge or submitted your video to video review. Right. Um, however, not. however, I assume that like in the past, if an athlete has ever been close to qualifying for anything, CrossFit HQ has the right to request the videos. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so if the, you're doing so if you're change. Yeah, that does. Yeah, change. so if you're doing this at home and you have no judge and whatever and your affiliate manager greenlights your score and you're close to qualifying, CrossFit still has the right to ask you for your video and if you don't have it, then you may not be able to move ahead. Absolutely. If you don't provide the videos that CrossFit asked for, so those that video review process still exists. Um, the top ha- like the the top part of the system, the qualifying part of the system, is as strict as it as it has been in the past. It's very clearly laid out that you know you're going to be required to submit at least one of those weeks uh, worth of videos for your open workouts. You know, same thing for the quarterfinals. You have to film everything. Um, for the quarterfinals. And while you can do the quarterfinals in your garage, their preference is that you do it at an affiliate with a judge. So it's like they have, they have like all these different um, scenarios in place, but yes, you're hundred percent right. The video review process for the top end of the spectrum is still in place. So I get it. It's a little like, 
Uh, how strict are you going to be about whatever, like, that could affect your ego and your buddies on your own leaderboard? But n- I don't foresee that being an issue when it comes to the end of the line qualifications. No, no, it's not. It's it's not. It's none of these. Listen, none of these are going to be an issue. It's like none of yeah. this is going to affect, you know, whether Tia or Matt or whatever, like Katrin make it to quarterfinals right. into semifinals. Like, it's not going to it's not going to change any of that. Um, but it's certainly it's like. It's certainly interesting. the 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 reason why I think I become such a um like the reason why I read between the lines so much is because this is our insight into how their minds work. They don't tell us what they're thinking; they just give us the rules that they ended up with. So you can kind of work backwards a little bit and kind of shine a light into those dark corners. You can kind of see like, oh, here's okay, so like, here's the rule. Why would they do it this way versus the other way? And if you can't get a straight answer from them, you kind of have to think it through as far back as you can. All right. So like, what were the options? What could they have done? And then you start looking at why they don't pick the other ones that they ended up leaving on the cutting room floor. And Mm -hmm. you start seeing some motivations. You start seeing some prioritizing of of what it is that is going to be you know, their end result that they're looking for, the goals they're trying to accomplish. And I think that's why I'm, I feel like I get, I become such a stickler of like these weird little rules and like understanding like these little minutia about what happens at the competitions or what's allowed and what isn't, because it tells you so much about their overall mindset about how they're putting the sport together. And it's like, none of it's new. Of course not. If it was new, like, you know, we'd all be really surprised by what the rules look like, but the rules look really familiar. Like generally right. not a lot of it has changed. Like really the biggest things that stick out is like kind of what's missing, which is the back half of the season. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I would venture a guess that there's just too much unknown to be able to put that down on paper right now. Oh, they have no idea. I guarantee yeah. they just don't know. And that's fine. Like this is a weird situation and it Very would be really weird. surprising if they just kind of published in January, a perfect sketch of what the rules and the season is going to look like, but yeah, they're learning it like every day they're getting a better and better idea of what they can pull off and how they can pull it off. And we're going to, like I said, inevitable March of time, the games will happen in the summer. My baby's going to be born in the summer. We're going to figure out the details somewhere in between here and there. Yeah, it's nothing gonna, else to say. It's gonna be great. It's going to be <laughs> totally great. That's perfect, man. Thanks so much for giving us uh, all that insight and your take on it. Like I, I do just love, you you look at it with fresh eyes every single year and you're like, I'm not going to hold myself to what I said last year. I'm not going to come in with any sort of like preconceived notion. I'm just going to evaluate this for what it is in our current situation. And I very much appreciate that. So thank you. Thank you. I feel like you you give me a lot of credit with that sentence, but I, I appreciate it. <laughs> I could have just been like, I feel like you are hypercritical of everything. And so I want to hear what you have to say, but it's not that. It's not truly. Thanks. I appreciate it. I think you're a hyper analytical yeah, not, exactly. Not critical. Yeah, yeah, which I love. Thanks. I'll take that. And you're not, I, you know, you're always willing to call bullshit where you see it, which I also yeah. appreciate. So that's always and that, including I, including on yourself, which is I, including huge. on myself. That's right. And I try to also heap praise where I I see praise valuable as well. But you know, I kind of I miss that way more often than I miss being critical. That's for sure. Or analytical, analytical, analytical. Yeah. And also, we weren't going to read it, so thanks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah, pleasure. No chance I was reading that rule book. <laughs> Although now that I now that I know Saxon can just validate my score, 
Oh, man, then we'll go in tomorrow. Hey, uh, Saxon, do you have change for a hundred? Just keep it, buddy. Hey, listen, uh, <laughs> when, the, when the open comes around, I'm going to be submitting some home scores. Just so you know, they're going to be real good. Wait, I will say, can I say this out loud before someone shits all over me? I do read the rule book if and when I get hired to work for the season. <laughs> okay. Fair. I will say that. Before someone's like, how is she on the sideline and not having any idea what's going on in the rule book? No, no. When that happens, I do my homework. No one's paying me to read the rule book, guys. I think right. that's the key. That's the difference. <laughs> that's the key difference. And right. Exactly. Paying me to do anything, any of this. Right. Out of the goodness of your heart and passion for the community. Well, they're not paying exactly. me shit either, so we're in the same boat there, buddy. No, no doubt about it. Nice. You know, when Ar- when Arm and I first met, Nikki, we were at a health conference in in uh, Santa Cruz. You brought us yeah. out there for that, and <clears throat> we were having breakfast. And I'm positive to this day, Armin's sitting there going, "How the hell did this meme asshole get invited to this thing?" <laughs> and and here we are couple of years later and he's probably on the other end of this going how's this meme asshole still around <laughs> like does he how, still have a podcast how did this happen i i will i i do not i did not think that i did not think that because i feel like i had an idea of why you were there it's because you were poking fun at like the same things that greg was poking fun at within the company and he was like fuck it this guy gets it let's get him out here and figure out like what he's all about and i think that's that might have been what it was know, maybe you have a different take on it but I think I, I I I was more confused that like I I found myself at breakfast with like you a meme lord in the CrossFit space who's like really buttoned up professional in the real world and I was like still just a kid with a microphone and a camera that was the that was the weekend that I was interviewing Greg and I crashed the mountain bike like five minutes before I was supposed <laughs> to be at HQ and the, you still look at that interview. Like I am literally disheveled, like covered in dust scratches on my leg, scratches on my face. And he was like, you okay, kid? Like what, what happened to you? I was like, I rushed back. I had it. I like fell off my mountain bike. It was so much fun, but here I am. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a wild time. That was a wild time. But yeah, uh, I think, I think that's, I think that's what it is. We've, we've survived. Wooly. We made it. We you guys did. You're still here. <laughs> no idea how. No idea how. Me neither, man. Well, I'm proud of you both. I think it's Thanks. a test. I think it's a testament to the community. And I, for the record, Armin, I think you're too harsh on yourself. Like I didn't feel you were critical during, or too critical last year during the, you know, the, all the stuff that went on that we don't need to rehash. Like I think you call it like you see it, and you you saw a lot of stuff, and you talked about it, and. You know, like, I think we all look back on it now and think, oh, like, I look back on some of the stuff I was even posting going, was that too harsh? Like, at the time, it wasn't. In hindsight, maybe. But hindsight's a, a different thing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you look, everything looks different in the rear view. At the time, it worked, you know? So, I, I, I think your content's great. Just keep doing what you're doing. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I guess too, what I'll add is I appreciate that most of the people in our community are willing to just have open discussion. Like none of us are real assholes. I mean, no, plenty of people will disagree with me, but none of us are real assholes. Like everyone is poking fun at or being critical of or whatever in order to spark a discussion. And we'll always sit there and be like, oh, if you disagree with me, tell me why. And I will have a open chat with you about why I disagree with you as well, sir. Like no one's like, 
fuck you. This is what well, I think. This is, I mean, plenty of people are, but but not us. Not I, the, I will know, give you an opinion. Like trying to have a microphone about this kind of thing. Well, here's one opinion on it that I felt like I saw on your page often, Armin. So I'm curious on how it feels to you as an out, me as an outsider looking in. So during that period, I remember a few people coming in your comments and they'd say things like, "This asshole's always bashing CrossFit." which you weren't. And it'd be one guy. Right. And so I'm looking at it going, that's just one dude, one dude's opinion. But when people do that on my page, I'm like, everyone thinks I'm an asshole, even though it's just one guy. <laughs> right. Is that yes. how it feels to you? Cause that's how it feels to me. If one person does it, I'm like, everyone hates me. Yeah. I, I subscribe. It does feel that way. I subscribe to the uh, 10X rule. So if one person says it, I assume that 10 times as many people are thinking it, but didn't say it. And so I have a whole series of, you know, like mental checks that I use is, and a lot of it has to do with like the practical thing. So like, for example, here's a perfect example. I put out a video on like last, this past weekend where I kind of addressed this thing, like this whole idea of like me being a hater or whatever in CrossFit. And my, my whole take was like, listen, my role here is to tell CrossFit, I love you. You can do better, which is, but what all of our CrossFit coaches did every one of the people that we paid to like improve our lives, all the gyms that we joined, all the people that we like, you know, are so grateful for, they told us that we can do better. And they were just that external, Hey, this is cool. Sure. But you can do better. And that's a really valuable piece of feedback to get. And I'm not trying to like aggrandize what I do in the space, but that's kind of the service that I provide as an, as an outsider, who's also very much an insider. And so, you know, I was, I was explaining that and I use that same analogy of the CrossFit coach or, you know, like a business coach or a mentor or something. And the video is like six and a half minutes long. It's not even that long. And someone commented and they're like, ugh, clickbait six minutes in and you haven't even gotten to the point. And I was like, I what? the whole video is the point. I was so confused by that. And I, I, I like purposefully took a second. I was like, okay, I can't reach this person. Right. If they, if they watch me talk directly into their eyeballs, like straight into the camera about what it is I'm trying to communicate. And their takeaway is that I said nothing. How do I, how do I communicate with them? And so there's, there's, there's like that end of the extreme, but then there's also the people who are like, they bring up something that like deep, deep down inside I might agree with. And then I have to have this like existential conversation with myself of like, do I thank them? Like this guy kind of sounds like a dick. It's being a dick to me, but like, do I thank him for this feedback? And sometimes I do. And sometimes I just like meme them back because they're not even worth my time. So like, there's definitely, there's a spectrum. Oh, yeah. Overthinking things is my game. This is yeah. like what I do. So like, if you need something way too <laughs> deeply analyzed, if you can make it so that I'm interested in it, I will analyze the fuck out of it. For Ooh. Okay. That's what you should sell. If I'm over here selling my leg hair that I shave off, that's what you <laughs> should sell is like overanalyzing your overanalyzer for hire. People will bring you all sorts of problems to tweak on. I'm sure it's so much fun. All my gray hair. No one ever. It's an, it's entirely stressful. It's not fun at all. Zero percent. <laughs> I'm going to start sending you my very worst memes with, and just say, what could go wrong with this and get back paragraphs. 
<laughs> I actually really enjoy when you send me those like your little prototype beta. Uh-huh. Like, oh. you, you can't post this. You but guys I'm just so glad you shared it with me. You guys yep. just outed me. That's, so <laughs> yep, now the, the listeners got to know. Like, I, there's a small. You know who gets them? So, so for those listening, I do create memes that are too way too harsh for the page. Yes, because uh, that's my sense of humor. And so they typically go to Armin, Nikki. Sean Woodland gets them. And then I have a couple of like friends that are in CrossFit. Occasionally I'll send them to Saxon unless they're about him uh, <laughs> or, or, you know, like, you know, just friends. I'll send them and go, is this over the line? And they almost always go, yes, it's way over the line. You can't post that. So, mm-hmm. Those are my favorite. Mine are usually the ones that I get. I'm usually like, I don't get it. And John's like, we're well, not funny. So I don't expect you to get it. Yeah. That's how, like, that's how our conversations typically gotta go. Gotta be funny, Nikki. It's, I know. Not there, I'm it's not. Not there. What are you gonna do? At least I'm, you can you know, beat his ass in Mario Kart. It's true. I gotta lean into his funny. And and I will say for like all of John's trolling, if anyone ever trolls me on my Instagram, which is like just a teensy tiny fraction of both of yours but if people troll me on my instagram john is like in the comments oh. decimating people like don't talk to my nikki like yeah, that and like i picking, just him in the back like yeah like, that's like picking on my baby sister i'm allowed mm-hmm. to make fun of my sister you cannot make fun of my sister it's the so best this works yeah it's the best can't be done family yeah yes don't pick on family like the fast and furious family <laughs> yeah don't fuck with the meme lord yes family that's a good rule. Don't. I'm gonna make that the headline of my page now. Don't fuck with the meme lord. It's gonna be great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, Armin, this Tokyo has been drift fun. Out of here. Yeah. <laughs> this has been great, guys. Thank you so much for having me. Yep. Yeah. As thank always. you for coming on. Nikki, great to see you as always. Likewise. Go Likewise. Uh, shove some more melon in your mouth hole. Literally about to. There you go. And for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us, and we'll uh, chat with you guys soon. <laughs>